Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. It is the second episode in our Steven Spielberg series. We started last week with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, probably the biggest Spielberg movie that I hadn't seen. And we had a really interesting discussion on Close Encounters, Janine. I, I enjoyed the episode. Did you? Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, we typically kind of agree mostly on things we watch. Um, but this one, we kind of had very differing opinions and, and gave each other some interesting insight on on how we thought about the film. So I thought it was a really good conversation. It really was. Um, admittedly, a little bit more of a even though you wouldn't necessarily call Close Encounters a fun Spielberg movie. Uh, It's certainly more fun than this week's movie, which is deeply miserable, but appropriately so because of its subject matter. We are talking about Amistad today, 1997, which seems to be in the 90s era of Spielberg making really harrowing movies about historical events. Yes. Which he's very, very good at because they really leave an, a, a significant impression on you. You think of, you know, a Schindler's List, a Saving Private Ryan even, and certainly now I, I can put Armistad into that group of 90s Spielberg movies that just leave a a really stark impression on you for depicting the the true uh, the true reality of what it depicts in this sense we are talking about uh, the slave trade in in the US in a particular court case that determines whether some um, mutineer yeah, captives were should actually be considered slaves or free men because where were they born and, and were they actually them? sold? Yeah. You know, were they actually and who sold? Takes the claim on them, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all to do with uh, Spain, and it, it's quite a a complex kind of legal issue, really. Yeah, but it's a. I th- I think first off, it's a it's a brilliantly made movie yes um and a really just a really important part of obviously u.s history that we should learn about we we should watch movies like this we may never want to watch this movie again and i don't think i ever will yeah very harsh painful visuals but i think a story that needed to be told a, a side of history that people need to understand and know about in order to kind of grow from that and learn from that and yeah and see where we came from and see where we can you know be better and you know and understand um kind of perspectives because of kind of that historical trauma that has happened so you know hard things to watch but i think honest things to to understand uh being depicted in, in a movie like this absolutely and i think while the movie's filled with very frank depictions of, of of cruelty a lot of the time and of of you know harsh conditions and everything like that i think it's also filled with a lot of kind of warm-heartedness by a lot of the characters like there's a lot of feeling of doing good by your fellow man 
in this yeah. movie. And I think I think that is what we should take away from this. I think we should all try and do good by our fellow man. And I think that is is ultimately what this movie is trying to depict. And ultimately, I think what this movie does depict in its its incredibly kind of um I don't know, in, in, incredibly I'm not gonna say heartwarming, because it's it's far from heartwarming, but very very good attitude that a lot of the characters have um towards each other in this movie. If at first they are reluctant, if at first they are wary, they come to have that understanding, the the kind yeah. of American um court people, the judge, the, the the lawyers with the the Mende Africans who I believe are from are they from Sierra Leone or modern day Sierra Leone, I think it's said in this movie. I think so, yeah. Um there's I think I think that's gonna be my main takeaway from it. As tough as it was to watch and as tough as movies like this are to watch that's going to be my main takeaway from it is is that it's ultimately portraying um the kind of positive coming together that i think we should all strive for yeah which i i enjoyed about it i will never watch this movie again but i i mean that as the highest compliment i could give it yeah, because it, I will never like, watch Schindler's List again. Yeah, Spielberg. I mean it. It delivered some history to you and some knowledge to you on something that you weren't didn't know yeah. that much about. You kind of understand that now. You have some perspective on a part of history that you know you weren't too you know well versed in, and now you can kind of move forward with that knowledge and don't exactly. really need to you know yeah exactly. This is this is why we should watch movies like. Uh, Movies like this is why we should watch movies like this. It's interesting. Learning about history for me is always is always interesting. And when you get historical biopics of this sense, I I always tend to to enjoy watching them to a point as as much as you can enjoy watching a movie like this. You almost appreciate watching a movie like this more than you enjoy it, I think, don't you? Yeah. But um I enjoy learning about different periods in history, different aspects of um, history, different stories from history that I didn't know. And this story of the of the the boat, the and the ship, the Amistad, and yeah. its mutineers. Um, I mean, if you can call them mutineers, they're really just captives who broke free and then yes. became and you know put their captors in chains and. Um, you know, and you hardly have. Home, yeah. They did. They tried to sail home. They mistakenly landed in the U.S. and obviously because of who they are and the time they they you know they lived in, they are immediately captured. But it's the it's the court case that is the cent you know the central point of this movie. And there's fascinating real life American characters who come in. You know, Martin Van Buren is portrayed in this movie by Nigel Hawthorne. John Quincy Adams is Anthony Hopkins. I think Anthony Hopkins is brilliant as John Quincy Adams. Yes. I know virtually nothing about John Quincy Adams. 
So I'm, I've got this movie to now go off of to, I think he's he the fourth him. president. Is he the fourth president? John Adams <laughs> was the second, I think. Yeah, I think that's what they said, because yes, I'm not. Washington <laughs> Adams, Jefferson <laughs> Adams, I think, is the order. I don't know. Why do I know this and you don't? <laughs> this shouldn't happen, should it? Yeah, yeah it shouldn't happen, but it's happening. <laughs> Schools and history, Janine. Schools and history. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been out. Of, I've been out of school a long time, Morgan. <laughs> so have I. So. At this point, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you like, and you actually enjoy like studying history. <laughs> I do to a point. You the, enjoy the, it. <laughs> the, the parts of it that I that I am interested in, and admittedly, kind of this, you know, early-ish time in U.S. history has always been interesting to me. Um, the Revolutionary Wars and, you know, going up to the American Civil War, learning about the, the American Civil War. It's almost right up until the start of the 20th century. Well, I suppose the start of the 20th century is pretty interesting in, in, in the US as well. Um, there's just a lot of horribleness, really, in US. In US history, I think it's painted very much as 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 one as a thing to celebrate a lot yeah. of the time or oh, this is a, this is the depiction i seem to get from from over here is that yeah let's oh look at all these wonderful presidents who did all wonderful things well like at that time there was just horrible things going on all the damn time <laughs> in so yeah. many different ways primarily obviously in the us the african slave trade which is one of history's great horrors um but we, we so so we should realize that the 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 bad comes with the good there are good things of course there are good things there are honorable things worthwhile things but there's also horrific things as well and it's what makes learning about history to me more um not more exciting, I suppose. Well, I suppose more exciting, more interesting <clears throat> is when you can look at all the different angles, and you can understand all the different sides. You can understand the good with the bad. Yes, um, and learn from it. And, and, of a particular yes. time in a particular place, and and that's what yes. Amistad did for me. Yes, and uh, you know, here we're having kinds of a lot of issues and debates about critical race theory and and what kids are learning in school and a lot of people kind of against teaching kind of the harsh histories of you know uh black people and and, and other races and you know indigenous people and things like that and, and and there are sides who want to suppress kids learning that information in schools so is this is this to protect children or is this to really what it's probably for is to kind of no that that didn't happen only the good stuff happened support i mean i think the guys is the guys is an excuse is to protect children but the real reason is is the latter um so yeah i mean if you have movies that can kind of honestly depict situations yeah. like that you know because Seek them out yes if you know kids aren't going to learn these things you know in school you know we have media that can you know shed some light on the harsher realities of our history you know of, of countries histories so 
um i appreciate this movie for that and and i think he you know spielberg went into this and kind of always goes into the movies he makes like this with an understanding of you know uh honesty and um just wanting to give that insight and really not shying away from the harder things and then highlighting no. kind of the positives as well that kind of come out of things like this and uh the growth in certain people in in these types of uh stories so yeah i mean the growth of you know characters <clears throat> like um like who matthew mcconaughey is playing in this movie who really becomes quite you know there's a lot of mutual respect between him and and, and jam and hansu yeah he's end. almost like the early ancestor of his character in a time to kill <laughs> <laughs> kind of i mean he's kind of playing the exact same kind yeah, of role yeah. which Jake is brigance or the yeah, great 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 bizarre. great <laughs> descendant also, matthew mcconaughey just doesn't like this there's, there's, there's actors in this movie i mean this cast by the way is absolutely stacked but yes. there's actors in this movie who look like they belong in 1839 pete Anthony yes. Hopkins, <laughs> Nigel Hawthorne, you know, the, the guy playing, is it John Calhoun? He he looks like he belongs in 1839. Matthew McConaughey does not look like he belongs no, in 1839. He, <laughs> he looks way too modern day for such a time period. But they try, it, they try to give him try. like the Scrooge-ish like sideburns. They do. <laughs> They do try <laughs> and put a hat on his very kind of curly hair and put like an old top hat and the little, you know, bifocals. <laughs> I mean, the Benjamin Franklin bifocals he's got on <laughs> are quite humorous. Which, yes. I mean, I suppose mm. it's it's accurate costuming, isn't it? Really, those were the type of glasses people yes. wore. At props that to point. props to nominee nominee and winner for Black Panther nominee for this film, Ruthie Carter. Oh yes, absolutely. So she absolutely. probably was like, "This dude does not fit." So let's try to like put some stuff <laughs> on but, him. Look, I <laughs> think he's work. good in this movie. I think yes. he's good in these roles. I think Matthew McConaughey really suits these type of roles. Like we saw with, you know, A Time to Kill not too long ago on yeah. this show. Um, he really, he's very, he's very good in this movie. I mean, he's, I think everybody's kind of overshadowed by one particular scene Anthony Hopkins, or one particular yes. monologue Anthony Hopkins delivers at the end of yes. the movie. Everybody's kind of overshadowed by that, but there's nobody in this that really takes you out of it everybody's doing such a commendable job in and i think you have to in a movie like this you have to go in realizing the serious nature of it you have to go in with the utmost good intentions i think it's noticeable that spielberg always goes into these kind of movies like you said with the 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 best intentions to be as honest as possible show the harsh truths and have, but have the positivity of the story you're telling shine yes. through. Like 
you can feel you can tell he's not just doing it for a shock factor he's no not at all it's not educate to shine yes to shine a light on something that maybe people didn't know about like things with the color purple as well like you know there were some really harsh things in that film but on like honest things to the time and how people were treated and and what was happening but you know he also took a point to show kind of some positive moments and some healing moments and um you know really did not feel exploitative at all it felt very kind of just honest uh so so i feel like he took that angle with this film as well especially having to kind of show some really harsh harsh realities yeah and and i mean let's not necessarily get into detail about what these harsh realities were i'm sure we can all realize and imagine what the harsh uh, scenes are in this but i mean even this kind of even the opening the opening was was amazing looking just how it was shot um yes the the setup of of it was really yes like you see just these these dark hands at night with just some moonlight and some lightning kind of flashes and just trying to dig out something dig out something and you realize it's trying to dig a nail out of some wood and and these with the flashes you see this red around these hands like so you know you feel that he's been digging and digging and digging at this nail for a long time and every flash you see red all over these hands and um you know him trying to get this nail out and then it leads into kind of the um the kind of revolt uh, of yes. the slaves. So he's trying to dig this nail out so he can, you know, break out of his cuffs and, and so they can kind of take control of the ship. And that's kind of how the movie opens. It's rainy, it's dark. Um, it's and, a brilliantly, you know, it's a brilliant looking movie. It's a yes. wonderfully looking movie. Yes. Um, and it's like a dark scene with these dark people and like it's still somehow he uses kind of the the moonlight and the lightning light and the storm to still kind of depict everything so so um in such a visceral way like it is uh, it's very very visceral it's very intense you still you don't feel like oh this is too dark i can't see anything like he's no. able to kind of light it just right so you you know the flashes of light that you do get really intensify things and and he uses the flashes to kind of show more intense moments when they're stabbing people and and fighting mm. people off and um you know shouting at each other and yes yeah it's, it's really really intense um i mean Watching this movie, I suppose, has brought me back to realizing just how just how good Spielberg is as a as a director. I think we we can get lost by just thinking of his his more popular movies, his kind of more fantastical, movies, yeah, fantastical which we will movies. get to in this series. But oh, we will, we will eventually, yes. But but you know, you're. <laughs> Your ETs and your Indiana Joneses and, and, and your Jurassic Parks, which ultimately are very bombastic kind of family feel good. Let's all be happy about the magic of the movies type movies. Yes. You can get caught up in just thinking, oh, that's what Spielberg is. But oh, my God, does he have phenomenal range? And I think it's 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 shown yes, in definitely. the two movies we've we've done so far, which came 20 years between the two of them which because aren't really Coulson about counters. kind of this, this big spectacle is more kind of no. internalized thought and uh you know well, that's certainly what quotes encounters and human is. human stories and, and, and human yeah. studies kind of you know 
Uh, so yeah, cool. kind of very more internalized, thoughtful um, yeah. depictions as opposed to kind of the more adventurous, um, you know, yeah. fantastical and things. Even the difference between the two of these, you get close encounters with kind of a fascination of wonder, of amazement, of kind of otherworldliness, and you just taken aback by it all it's full of amazement and this is full of horror really true horror real life horror not jurassic park horror not jaws horror yeah. you know real true horrific things um it it, it just solidified why he's truly one of the greats because of the the range he does have and it's it's made me remember that range that does exist with spielberg and i'm i'm, I'm grateful to yeah, definitely. doing that for me i'm grateful yes. for watching it to, for for opening my eyes again because this was something that i had realized but needed plucking out of the back of my mind you know pluck, you know to bringing the thought out of me um yeah it did that it did that and i appreciate it for that um and like i said everybody in this movie is doing a brilliant job i mean you 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 kind of despise pete postlethwaite because he's very much on the side of yes they are property they you know we should not be treating these creatures as people as people and then even in certain aspects of the case um he is like the district attorney type person and like he um tries to throw kind of the mende customs in his face in terms of well don't mende people have slaves like yes, you know so does. how can you be against slavery if you kind of keep your own slaves and and trying to kind of put that twist on it and and they so, kind of try and differentiate between the idea of what some people may consider slaves in the US is just kind of a, a a worker worker in, yeah in you know in the mende tribe um yeah. thankfully about halfway through the movie a young fresh-faced chiwetel Ejiofor to act as translator for everybody because oh He's my god they're really struggling they're really yes. struggling with each other in the first half they can't get through to each other they're trying to help the you know german hansu and the rest of the mende tribe are, are really confused they 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 do not trust anybody rightfully so why would you really trust understand. anybody where you are yeah they, they have this group clue of, what's going on yeah they have this group of like missionaries and church people kind of praying for them and they're just like what is wrong with these people they're crazy like they just think they're nuts i um, do like how you get quite i mean it's not not humorous but it's very human moments between some of the some of the the mende people like because mm -hmm. you get the subtitles of what they're saying yeah um you do get just this confusion is just like what, what, oh, what are these idiots. people they're trying idiots. to do yes they are all idiots i don't understand any of this like almost just just leave me alone and just let me sit here this yeah. is not where i want to be but how are you helping all the while we know because you know, we we understand what the Americans are saying that they're really trying to help. 
they're yes. really trying to help and, and everybody's and, thankful and, and, for Chiwetelagia for coming in and, and yeah but I like that they actually you know but I like that they actually you know Morgan Freeman and uh, Matthew McConaughey actually take the time to try to learn some words in Mende's language so that they can they can kind of at least seek out somebody who can speak it so they're like kind of going around the square and saying like numbers and things in the language to see if anyone can kind of understand what they're saying and that's how they find you what's all for um you know he is now i think he came to the americas and and he's now like in um I, i'm not sure i can't quite remember like is he a former he slave i think he was a former he, slave, he was a former he? slave yes and then he you know he became freed. free and yes and so he you know was very integrated in america but you know still knows the language and still kind of understands yeah. you know the customs so he's also able to kind of explain like the context of how things are different um you know yes. when yeah especially when you know pete postlewaite is trying to like well don't you have slaves you know where you're from and you know he can kind of give that context and he kind of does kind of is ends up not really speaking for um Jaiman Hansu's character he ends up kind of speaking for his people and, yeah, and speaking himself, for himself. And a lot of, yes and kind of defending uh his people uh in terms of kind of what the the other side is trying to bring at them in the case well that I mean that shows the kind of bigger issue at play with this whole thing though doesn't it, it it's not you know, it's bigger than just these people versus these people in this court case. It yeah. is about the entire notion of the slave trade and the, you know, the the, the very very abolitionist attitude that a lot of a lot of our good characters in this movie have is really, really kind of put front and center. As, as though it as it should be i mean we, yes, we would course. be mm -hmm. really confused if this movie turned out to be pro-slavery it'd just be ridiculous <laughs> yeah um but you know it, it's it's very much it's very much like that and it's that's, that's where the, the the positivity comes from i suppose but it is yeah. bigger than that it, it's 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 more general kind of abolitionist than just people versus people everybody yeah. realizes that at a certain point john quincy adams certainly realizes well yeah because point that it is a much wider issue i mean this thing ends up in the supreme court well yes because kind of how it starts is you know these slaves they do kind of take over the ship from from these spaniards who have who have them captive and are going to go sell them and um the two spaniards that they do leave alive um say oh yeah we're gonna sell you back to africa only to kind of sail the ship probably towards the americas and yeah. that's how they all get caught and captured so then you have so many people kind of coming in and this was kind of under the rule of um the very young queen of spain played by anna paquin um, yes 11 year old <clears throat> queen isabella the second yes so you who have is, her who is depicted ridiculously childishly i mean yes okay she's 11 but 
they really do not like Queen Isabella of Spain in this No, movie. like they show her jumping on a bed and like talking about, you know, when they kind of do the the ending kind of this is a true story, this is what really happened. They kind they of talk about, like a you toddler. know. Yes, they show her jumping on a bed with her dolls kind of in like her kind of uh, line log is or log line is, oh, you know, she's still tried to fight kind of these decisions for like the next eight years or so, um, you know, and just kind of really depicting her as very kind of childish. And, I mean, I don't know anything about Queen Isabella II of Spain. Maybe she was just horrible. Maybe. And, and idiotic. Or maybe yes. she was 11 years old and being influenced by obviously older obviously, people. Yeah, I would imagine exactly. I here. could only imagine that that was what was happening. Just, but yeah, I so really like, we, got a sense we have that her. they were hating on poor little on her. I don't think it's I don't think it's Isabella's fault. She's eleven, you know, give her a break. Yeah. It's it's yeah. clearly the rest of the noble Spanish court that are probably advising her. So yes, yeah, like she's staking a claim. We have the two Spaniards who are on the ship staking a claim. We yeah. have the officers who found the ship and brought it in, staking yes. a claim on these slaves. Um and so it's like so many people kind of just coming out of the woodwork to to stake a claim on this ship and and the cargo which they're calling these slaves cargo and and so that's kind of what embroils this whole kind of case and um you know matthew mcconaughey comes in to want to try this case and and free these men and um and he and they do get kind of positive verdicts several times but yet mm -hmm. it still keeps getting overturned and then you have you know your southern folk coming in and oh, know, they, they were the ones who were kind of holding on to slavery as long as they possibly could even when you know every other kind of state was like abolish slavery slavery is abolished free your slaves the confederacy kind of happened no it's our whole... way of life <laughs> yes exactly um so we get our southerner kind of coming in and trying to convince the president that you know it's a bad look if you know you know they'll they'll be angry and they'll fight against us if you you know if you free these people you know it's gonna there cause all the kinds of chaos war. yeah and uh, so he kind of convinces the president to now take this case even higher and overrule the two positive verdicts in freeing these slaves. And then you see kind of the frustration with Jaiman Hansu, the frustration with Matthew McConaughey, like trying to explain to, to um, Jaiman Hansu, like what is happening, because he's kind of been appointed the leader of these people because he talks about, you know, he's fought a lion i think he said and um yeah. you know and was able to fight it off just by pure luck he threw like a rock and hit it and it i think you know, he was killed. he was yeah he was considered a tribal leader before he was captured i think yes I think yes because he he protected everyone from this lion but he was literally as scared as everyone else he just got lucky and hit it with the rock and killed it out of just I mean, pure I'd, luck and I'd they all kind of to, him. to rule over a group of people to be honest. yes but he's kind of a reluctant leader because he's like literally this was pure luck like i didn't i didn't you didn't, know i was scared just like every, yes i was, I was just, in the, the deep end yes so he's kind of been appointed so you know now twice now he's having to go to his people and tell them yay you know we're free we won only to see how skewed the system is and matthew mcconaughey with this language bear having to explain to him why this didn't work why 
it's overturned why you're telling me we were free and now we're not anymore and why we have to continue fighting this battle and why you know how how messed up is this system of law that you have here it's so crazy so i like that you know there's this kind of bigger focus on the court case it's like i think i kind of compared it when we were talking about doing this movie to the exorcism of emily rose like you think just kind of on the surface this is going to be some slavery movie um like just about kind of the slave ship and that's what the focus is going to be but the fact that it's a courtroom movie essentially but this is kind of your your plot point your um your case point uh, of the slavery thing which i think is a really interesting thing to see kind of court in this in this time period and this being the subject matter of it and how it's gonna it's being pushed to all these different kind of courts in order to kind of overturn things and um so it's a really kind of interesting take to see um a courtroom case with this as the subject matter yeah i mean there's because it's such a sign it's clearly such a significant you know real life case as well it's just fascinating to learn about from watching a movie like this um that is a very very interesting movie anyway but yes, th- th- you know, the first episode of Roots, this is not, you know, this is not yeah. your kind of basic um, linear story of of, of 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 the slave trade. This is it's kind of kind of a little bit, a little bit flashbacky at times, a yeah. little bit nonlinear at times. It's it's structurally very, very interesting. Like I said, I think that I think the absolute highlight of this movie is is its aesthetic i think it's beautiful to 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 look at from a historical sense um i think it absolutely nails it from what i from what i can understand that it nails the look of 1839 you know america washington wherever it's actually where is where is it actually set where is it actually is it set i mean there's some scenes that <laughs> i think it might be in washington because yeah i mean you have um kind of sessions and stuff and that's where we meet um john quincy adams and stuff yeah. so um unless, but I don't unless know the doing whole a bit of traveling like, yes uh, but i know yeah some of it is depicted in in washington um and yeah so we have anthony hopkins as as john quincy adams and he is constantly being um also we have morgan freeman in here as yes uh kind of the <clears throat> i think he was a former slave and now he's kind yeah. of a an activist trying to fight for the freedoms of, of black people in america and so this case is kind of very important to him and matthew mcconaughey to to try to you know resolve and they see John Quincy Adams as an advocate. So they've asked him several times, like at the very first point of this case, to try to, you know, to get himself involved, to kind of help the cause. He kind of refuses. They ask him like a second time, he refuses. And so now, this, the third time now, both times this case has been ruled in the favor of the Mende people and freeing them and sending them home. And, you know, now with the Southerner kind of coming in and convincing the active president, like, hey, you know, this is a bad look if you let this slide. So now they have to try it a third time. They really need the big guns of John Quincy Adams to come in and help. And so ultimately, you know, they convince him he meets uh, Jaiman Hansu's character and, and they kind of have a conversation. And so now he's like willing to help him understand. Yeah, of- it's, it's almost as soon as he meets them. He's yeah. <clears throat> very much more 
into into doing what is the right thing to do. Yes, and I love the scene of uh, he hasn't met Jaimon Hansu yet, but like he's involved in. So like Jaimon Hansu has all these questions for him, and yeah. instead of kind of talking to him face to face, she would tell Edgy Afford just keeps coming to him with all of Jaimon Hansu's questions. So what about this? And like and and Jaimon Hansu is actually thinking like in a very kind of legal way now he is yeah so he's asking the right questions he's like well if this works like this in spain then how are they able to do this and like you know anthony hopkins answers the questions he's like you know this is how it's done but that's a really good question <laughs> you know so he actually kind of admires the way uh that german hansu is actually kind of thinking well, yeah about it's because we, we, and... <laughs> you know these people these people aren't idiots and simpletons no. you know the 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 intelligent human beings they just come from a different culture yes this is, unlike this is one the of thing them... that people people still have a problem with realizing this kind of thing is that just because somebody is is from somebody else doesn't mean they're any less intelligent well you? yes like you know they find a bible or and um or like one of them snatches the bible from one of the missionaries they do yes and he's looking at the pictures and he's and they're like you know jaiman hansu's telling him stop you know acting like you know what that book says he's like no i actually think i'm trying i'm I'm understanding it and he's looking at the pictures and he's describing to him who he thinks jesus is and he's like look he's this man and you know people seem to respect him and, and the sun follows him because they always kind of have this halo glow yeah. around the pictures of jesus and um you know the people turned against him but he rose up and he's there to protect these people like them really under trying to understand these images of jesus and what he means as a symbol and kind of equating that to what they're going through and and kind of you know, not really having a true concept of, of what it means, but really just kind of through these images, trying to understand it and being able to kind of have faith in that and, and, and relate it to what they're going through, I think was a really kind of nice um, message that was was happening uh, to show kind of the yeah. intelligence of them in kind of, you know, he, he has no concept of who Jesus is, but in just through the depicting these images and and looking at them, he's pretty spot on with you know. He kind of is, what, yeah. From, yes. from what I understand, <clears throat> Jesus. Anyway, and look, I went. Yeah, to so a, it's not a matter of intelligence; it's just a matter of you know a, a misunderstanding because you know yeah. you're from two different places and you. The wisdom's really... still there. Yes, and it's hard to kind of communicate, but the understanding is wholly there. The knowledge and intelligence is wholly there. So I like, you know, showing him really understanding it and kind of having that as like a little hopeful thing in their whole kind of story of trying to to be free in this situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of scenes like that. I think that the, you know, Spielberg takes a lot of time. I mean, it's it's quite a long movie. It's, you know, two and a half hours plus just. Um, but there's a lot of scenes, you know, there's there's not one part that you feel like is too plodded out yeah. or too slow or anything like that. It's a really, really well-paced, well-structured movie with, like I said, a lot of these scenes that just give you more instances of small humanity that you need in something like this. You need in something like this to not be overwhelmed by these big horrible conversations and big horrible depictions yeah you know you need those small little bits 
to make you feel make you feel something personal because yeah. we can all feel something about a, a big picture concept we can all have an opinion about a big picture concept like slavery it's a very big picture idea yeah but when you put the faces to it when you put the personalities to it that they do in this movie then it it, it brings it home more it, it yeah. makes you think about it more it forces you to think about it more and you should think about this more because these things like we've said should be taught should be known you know i even even in britain where yes okay we were a major part of the slave trade we 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 didn't necessarily house you know them to the extent that the the us did but uh, we learned about slavery when i was when i was 12 at school there was in history there was a uh, a whole, yeah. a whole, yeah, a whole half year, a whole term in in history on the the you know the the U.S. slave trade, and it was arguably the the kind of I mean there was a lot of history that I enjoyed learning about, but I found it so because it was something different because it wasn't about my country, which most yeah. things are. Um, in relation, you know, to you and where you're from when you learn about history in school. Um, I just found it fascinating. I found it fascinating. And it was the most moving class or series of classes I've ever been a part of. And I appreciate it so much for doing that. We watched Roots, or at least we watched like the first four episodes yeah. mm -hmm. of Roots. I always remember being a little bit weirded out that O.J. Simpson is in the first one. Oh, my God. Which, you know, I mean, <laughs> no one watch Roots. I'm sure many people. I know. Like, no, uh, we, we watched it as a family, I remember. Mm -hmm. It is, I think it's the, it's the thing to watch, to learn about that kind of thing. Um, I don't really think there's anything better, but if you you know go into something a little bit more specific then things like amistad are, are really good for doing that um but i always re i always remember doing that and I, I it will always be a significant memory of school for me and i i appreciated doing that a lot because i don't think too many people did learn in such detail about that kind of thing it was all yeah. very you know you can learn so much about world war ii and the horrors of world war ii sure the, the, the absurd horrors of world war ii it's a hell of a lot we learn on on that and, and the holocaust and all these horrific things but i always appreciated learning about horrors of somewhere far away which yeah. you know, is is it was the U.S. at that point. It was the only bit of U.S. history we ever learned. Oh, you know, wow. we, we never learned about particularly you, you know the 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 Revolutionary Wars. We never really yeah. learned about anything of the of the Civil War. I know bits and pieces of it from you know third hand sources and <laughs> second hand sources of hearing yeah. random bits on TV or whatever. Um. 
But this was really our focus. It really painted a, a great picture of the U.S. for us all as 12-year-old kids. You know, we just thought the U.S. was full of horrible people that just wanted to <laughs> beat people. Yeah, uh, I mean, still no Own other but... people. Yeah. <clears throat> the owning other people aspect, though, has, has, yeah, has gone out has, the window for yes. pretty much everybody, which which we should be thankful for. Yes, yes. I'd like to um, think it has, you know. For yes. God's sake, let's not even think about it. But, no, I, I really, really appreciated watching this movie. Um, I, I, I don't ever want to watch it again. Uh, no, it was very that, difficult. The scenes that is, of that is from a difficult, yeah. a difficulty point because they have a scene. Because once they kind of have Chiwetel Ejiofor there to translate, they can get Jaimin Hansu in the stand and talk about what actually happened to them. Yes. So there was yeah. another ship before the Amistad because the kind of whole thing is that they're trying to say that these slaves were born in and in, in in Spain. They were yeah. like you know and. Uh, so that makes them the, the, that property of Spain and all of this stuff. And so Matthew McConaughey argues, no, they were taken from their home and, and by the Spanish and kind of illegally um, taken and, and all of these things. So he's trying to prove all that. And there's a manifest that kind of like a manifest that they the Spaniards were trying to hide that was found and shows kind of um, that the ship had so many slaves on it and then all of a sudden that number was revised at a certain point so we have Jaiman Hansu kind of recalling what they did and how they got rid of they would just you know tie a big bag of rocks and chain a bunch of slaves to and just drag them off the ship and drown them you know because they didn't have enough provisions um to take care of everybody so they would just get rid of a bunch of people and drown them and so we kind of see these flashback depictions of him kind of telling the story of, of what really happened to them on these ships and, and and so those are very difficult scenes to see but i think very honest things that like you know you don't really think about or knew happened or um yeah it's, it's I mean, very that, hard but that for me was the most <clears throat> difficult scene in this movie watching yes i mean seeing people you know naked people just all piled on each other and and just giving you know slop in their hands and there's not enough for everyone and people like fighting people for the the goop that they're feeding them and i think a mother dies and so they kind of have to pass along her little her newborn baby for someone to hold and take care of because she has just died and them getting seasick all over each other and um, you know, just these conditions they have them in. It, it, yeah, all very kind of difficult things to watch, but I think it adds to, um, you know, the the realness of, of what's happening and um, kind of things you need to hear to kind of uh, have people in the courtroom hearing it really yeah. kind of understand what the, the deeper kind of levels of what's happened to these people and, and um you know, create some empathy and an understanding and uh, to kind of what's really going on and, and who the kind of real villains are in this situation. And because like the most of the time, I think they're trying to frame these people, the Mende people as, as mutineers. So yeah. to kind of see this, this human side of what is really happening to them as people, as human beings, um, you know, I think we have to kind of, 
see that and have this courtroom hear hear that. So yeah. you know, I, it, it, it's it very hard to watch, but yes, but I think necessary for the story that they're trying to tell. Absolutely. It, it makes them self-reflect and it makes us watching it self-reflect. And this is what these kind of movies, or the, the best kind of movies of this nature do. Yeah. And this one, this one did do that. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful movie. I think it's a, you know, a wonderfully made movie. Yeah. And, again, like you brilliantly, said, brilliantly, brilliantly depicting what it wants to show. Yeah. Brilliantly and I think like telling you said, the story and, range, and the messages yeah. of what mm -hmm. it wants to portray. Um, and yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh no. And like you said, definitely just speaks to Spielberg's range in terms of how yes. he can tell these kind of bright, fun, family oriented, uh, spectacle films, and then go to kind of these real harsh kind of stories, but still have a, a sensitivity about them and yeah. a positivity about them. And, uh, but not, you know, veer away from or shy away from the, the realness uh, of what happened um um in a historical sense so yeah yeah the fact that he can kind of tell these more serious darker real stories uh, alongside these very big fantastical things just really speaks to him as a filmmaker for sure and then we do kind of have to just mention the epic monologue from anthony hopkins yes, at the I end <clears throat> so once they kind of yeah once they kind of get him involved he kind of stands up and speaks to kind of the situation and uh you know a little bit of trivia i read about this is this was a seven page monologue that anthony hopkins delivered perfectly on the first take and that's what they used and so Spielberg after that point was like, I can't call you Tony. I have to call you <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins. So Which I'd like to think Anthony Hopkins just responded with, No, you won't call me Tony. <laughs> yes. Because that just seems like what he wants. Yeah, yes. Because always... he like was calling him Tony up to that point, and he's like, I can't imagine, call you Tony after that. Imagine being so close to Anthony Hopkins that you can just get away with calling him Tony though. Right. It's like, hey, Tony. Really Imagine if I Tony. met Anthony Hopkins and just went, hey, Tony. What would he look? What would he? What would his look at me be like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He right. might like it. He might. He might. He might be into people calling him Tony. He probably is. He seems lovely. Maybe he's always seemed like a lovely person. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins to me. I don't know. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, it is. It's an outstanding <coughs> acting, really, isn't it? It's it's phenomenally delivered. You can understand why Spielberg's kind of taken this awestruck approach to yeah. his naming of Anthony Hopkins now. Um, and yeah, look for I I I like John Quincy Adams now. I don't know if I should like John Quincy Adams, but this is the only thing I've ever seen, heard, heard or seen of John Quincy Adams. So therefore, he gets a thumbs up from me. He might be. Yeah. He might not be. He might not have been. You know, because films know. tend to kind of make historical figures much better than they actually were. You know, you and hear Martin all these Van great Buren things in about... this movie as well. <laughs> Nigel Hawthorne playing Martin Van Buren doesn't seem like he's doing a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's he? What's Martin Van Buren doing? I thought Martin Van Buren was supposed to be like reasonably good, supposedly as a president. 
but he he's kind of just like a bit wishy-washy in this movie. He's like, does yeah. he <laughs> want to care? Does he not? Does want he to not care? care? Yeah, so he just Who more knows? intrigued about his agenda. Like, just wants yeah. to win re-election, which he doesn't even end up doing. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he loses to is it William Henry Harrison? He loses to. I want to say it's William Henry Harrison. I know my presidents. Do I know my presidents? I, I don't mean, know you my know presidents. Your, you know the, Pope. He's a president you know, that everybody forgets. Yes, you know the presidents better than I know the president. So congratulations. James Madison. I only know James Madison because he, he, he there's a, a footballer called James Madison. Oh my gosh. Um, James Monroe. Let's name all the presidents. Let's not do that. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, so. Chester Arthur. Grover Cleveland. <laughs> Millard Fillmore. I'm going. I'm. I'm just randomly going off. <laughs> just randomly naming ones that you can remember. Older ones. Older head. ones. Lincoln. Lincoln's obvious. Yes. Um. Teddy Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt. Older ones. Come on, Morgan. You've got this. Who else is there? <laughs> um. There's got to be those James James Monroe. Did I say James Monroe? I'm not. Well, I'm, not not James Monroe. I'm not going any further. I'm not going any further with it. I'm not going. Well, I'm further. impressed. I'm impressed. I don't do I don't do I've not done American history at school. I'd know them in order if I had. I don't even remember actually like doing a chapter on like just learning all of the presidents in school. I remember us talking about like I think we talk about specific ones in whatever time that we're talking about, but I never actually did a thing where we learned all of the presidents, like at one time. There's a song about learning all the uh, English monarchs from William the Conqueror until now. What? Um, or until Elizabeth II, I should say. Not now. Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot I the preamble. Elizabeth II now. Um, but there is, no, there's a song, there's a song that was made by uh, a children's TV show. Let's also call it what it is, a outstanding children's TV show called Horrible Histories, which oh. aired from, like, I want to say 2009 to about 15, 14-ish, something like that. But there's a whole song about learning learning them all. I'm not going to recite it now. To be honest, I've forgotten a little bit of it. Um, but there well. is a song. <laughs> well, you know, another great children's show that helps you learn these things was Schoolhouse Rock. So I know the whole preamble to the Constitution because of School oh, okay. And I still know the song. I still know the whole preamble. And uh, I remember in class, we actually watched um, Born Yesterday, the Melanie Griffith the remake version, because she does that whole thing where she, she oh, does the song yes. to <laughs> the Constitution, the amendments to the Constitution. So we watched that movie specifically for that one scene in class. In the, so. It's only in the remake that as well, isn't it? Yes, it's yes. Not, it's not in the uh, the original Born Yesterday. I was just yes. going to question why you didn't watch the original Born Yesterday in Judy Holiday. I mean, it's great. That's great. I'm glad we covered that on the show. I was thinking about that the other day. But yes. We did. That was a long time. So that's ago that's probably my strongest bit of, of American historical knowledge I can, I I can see. say the preamble to the Constitution, the introduction to the Constitution. Well, the movie Amistad gave us some <laughs> education, yes. gave us some appreciation. 
um, and gave us some reflection as well, which is 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 what great movies of this kind do. Yeah. We, we we appreciate it for it. We applaud this movie greatly. I think Janine. Yes. And well made. Yes. Great performances. Uh, great versatility from Steven Spielberg. Um, for Oscar nominations for cinematography, uh, John Williams score, Ruth E. Carter for costumes, and Anthony Hopkins for best supporting actor. Okay, fair enough. I, I I like all of those nominations, apart from really John Williams. I mean, I feel like that's just giving yeah, John Williams I don't one. Really remember that John sport. Williams one. Yeah, which is what I feel like for a long time. John Williams kind of got. There's a lot of phenomenal John Williams music. Of course, there is, but he kind of. There was a point when he kind of just got one a nomination because, because it was him, and he yeah, did a Gilbert. movie. And it's just not. A, I mean, to be fair. A mediocre John Williams score is probably most people's best scores. Yes, and I mean, I don't know what else was nominated that year. So. 97, 97. Titanic. Uh, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But is that a score or is that just one song? Really I mean, no, more. well, the score is basically that song. It is. <laughs> it's the melody of that song. That and I song. think the score was made first. I don't know if the score was made first or the song was made first and then they just built the score around the song. But um, I don't know. Very anyway, sure. we, uh, we don't often have, you know, a movie that's absolutely no fun whatsoever on Morgan Hasn't Seen. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with having movies like this sometimes. Sometimes, Janine. I yeah. think we'll be back to a little bit more um, fun and entertainment when it comes to Spielberg. Next week, though, won't we? Yes. Well, it's definitely going to be some kind of fun, uh, futuristic. Uh, Future your favorite. Bits. Your favorite. <laughs> my favorite. I, my least favorite. <laughs> we are going to be talking Minority Report. Yes, this we are going in, time... in release order of these that we're talking about yes, as well. Yes, yes. Um, this is my first time ever seeing Colin Farrell in anything. Okay. Um, so yes, a very good, I think this is a really good sci-fi story, a really interesting uh, kind of depiction on on uh, police procedures in the future. Okay. You can see people's crimes before they commit them. So Ooh. Tom Cruise is a officer in that division where Ooh, the pre-crime division. Yeah. Is this the one where Tom Cruise has got weird gray hair or is that collateral? Collateral. You've That's never seen collateral. collateral? Why would I have seen collateral? It's got Tom Cruise in it. Okay, well, we're gonna have to figure out a way to to make the collateral happen because it's a good Think one. about it. It's Think about really it. I am aware, but it's Jamie Foxx, Michael Mann. Like, I thought you would just, you know. I I like Jamie Foxx. Yes, I like Michael Mann. Sure, yes. (laughs) More Tom Cruise next week, I suppose. Yes, well, yes. Uh, He's not flying planes. I'm not interested. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Yes, he is a officer in the pre-crime division where you can see people's crimes before they commit them. So there's a kind of a whole like morality is that okay? Because technically they haven't done anything and like a whole kind of, you know, deep dive into a very uh, conspiracy happening. Max von Sydow's. Max von Sydow. Yes, I mean it. I'm in for Max von Sydow. I love Max von Sydow. He's great. Yes, Yes. he's great in this movie. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, Minority Fun Sci-Fi. 2002. 2002, I want to say. I want to say, yes. Sci-Fi action thriller drama. Yes. Lots of Tom Cruise running, you know, if you like Standard. Standard. There we go. That is what's coming next Mm -hmm. week on Morgan Hasn't Seen. We've had a good discussion today, Janine, on Amistad from 1997. Go and watch it. Go and watch it. Absolutely go and watch it because we need to watch movies like this. We need to learn about the horrors of the past so we do not repeat them. Exactly. Because that's that's the point, isn't it? That's the point of learning about history. You learn about history so you don't repeat the bad stuff. Exactly. It's literally the point of learning about it. And okay, some elements are just interesting. (laughs) Just fun to know. Little yes. bit of fun trivia, but not stuff like this. This is not the fun trivia type of history. No, this, this is, is the, just very let's not do this again type yes, of history. You need to learn. So, yes, go and watch it. That is what's coming up next week, though, on Morgan Hasn't Seen Minority Report. This is, of course, not the only show you can find on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, though, is it, Janine? And now you can also find our show Monday Madness with Morgan and Machine, uh, which you can also find on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we also have some fun things on the channel as well, some uh, watch-alongs. Uh, we do some fun little videos, reviews. Morgan always has a fun uh, physical media haul. Yes. And he does videos you can check out. So find some fun stuff on the YouTube channel as well as Monday Madness that you can also find on this very feed every Monday. And of course we have the main show. It's a wonderful podcast every Friday where we give love to classic films. So find us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. Mondays on the YouTube channel. Yes. We're gonna have a little bit of a little bit of Spielberg actually on the main show this week. What? That doesn't make any sense. How does this make sense? I'll tell you <laughs> it makes sense. Because this week on the main show, we're talking 1943's A Guy Named Joe, which is apparently Spielberg's favorite ever movie that he remade in 1989 called Always. Yes. So we're gonna be talking a little bit of a deja vu with always but we're talking a guy named joe with spencer tracy from 1943 irene dunn ward bond is in the movie as well lionel barrymore lionel barrymore (laughs) is in the movie it's great Um, we we like lionel barrymore he might play a great curmudgeon but we like lionel barrymore (laughs) you need to watch um oh what's the stupid movie you know how i feel is it Lionel? Is it Lionel Barrymore in Grand Hotel? That's just really weird and un-Lionel Barrymore-like. I think he's I in Grand Hotel. Please watch Grand Hotel and tell me what you think of Lionel Barrymore in that. Okay. Um, it, it'll give you a totally new impression of Lionel Barrymore. Let me just tell you that. Um, he's really weird in it. Anyway, a guy named Joe on this week's main show. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we do have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. As Janine said, subscribe and ding the notification bells over on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel for all the fun stuff we have there. Uh, You can support us on Patreon. There is also a donation link in the description If you are feeling particularly generous, we cannot do what we do without the support of our wonderful It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons. We love them all dearly. 
If you would like to join them, follow those links. Go to patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one and find the tier that's right for you. You can also find the show on Twitter, even though Twitter's going into meltdown, possibly. Yes. It's a wonderful one on Twitter. I am on Twitter at the Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in there because Janine. Three is a magic number. On Instagram at the Purple Dawn. All your wonderful stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that at our Teespring shop. Just search It's Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. And if you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my Big Cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Well, there we go. I think there's only one thing left to do, Janine. I don't know. There's no fun in prayer. I mean, you could do it like no. some sort of... You could do it in an Anthony Hopkins impression. Oh, no, I can't do it. You could probably do a better Anthony Hopkins is than me. Welsh Tomba. Yeah, no. No? This isn't very deep. I don't know. It's it, No, that's Tom Jones. I'm thinking of Tom Jones. I'm confusing Anthony Hopkins' voice with Tom Jones' with voice. With Tom Jones. <laughs> Imagine Anthony Hopkins singing It's Not Unusual. I don't know what? why we've turned oh, like a... <laughs> and, it's just, and it's Hannibal Lecter no. <laughs> Anyway, count us out Three Two One Bye, Bye.